Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, libertarians, anarchists, movers, natives, and those on your way, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Free State Live, where you can hear about all the different ways you can live free and thrive in the free state of New Hampshire. First and foremost, like every week, it's time to welcome everyone back. I'm Justin O'Donnell, former Libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate and author of Live Free and Thrive, 101 Reasons. Liberty lives in New Hampshire, and so should you. And joining me, we got, as always, Manchester's favorite funny man, Tall Bill. How are you, Tall? Doing good, doing good. Excited for another episode. It's going to be a good guest tonight. Uh, As always. And everyone's favorite keyboard activist extraordinaire, Kevin, from the internet. Hey, what's happening? I don't know what's going on on the internet today. Oh, it's been a too busy of a day on the internet. Uh, my it, my phone battery actually hit like fifteen percent, and I was like, "All right, too much internet. Uh, I <laughs> well, need to calm down." There's, there's always too much internet, and it's good. Too much going on today. <laughs> something to talk about that's not on the internet. It's about doing things in real life. Um, the running for office is nothing new for people here in New Hampshire. Um, people run constantly we have the most representative legislature in the world and the free state project is itself a movement that ties people together based on their political views we want to get involved and joining us tonight we have a first-time candidate who for i don't know in 20 years of being a political science professor and the founder of the free state project jason soren's running for office for the first time how's it going jason (laughs) it's going great thanks for having me why why did it take you so long to run for office? I mean, I, I'm what not you do? A, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a natural politician. I am a uh, I, you know I'm a writer, a teacher. Uh, that's that's what I've been doing. Been working on the the ideas end, um, promoting ways that we can get to a, a freer society. And uh, and really, this opportunity came up. Uh, it kind of found me. A lot of my research in the last five years has been on land use and housing. And this is one of the few areas where New Hampshire is less free than the average state uh, because we've had, um, we, we allow, we're very decentralized and we allow towns to, to regulate land use. And as a result, over time, they've become, uh, a lot of them, not all of them, have become pretty restrictive. And I live in a town called Amherst. It's one of the one of the wealthiest towns in the states, one in, in the state, one of the best educated towns in the state. And uh, increasingly, there's a movement, a NIMBY movement, to keep everybody out um, and to block all development. Hmm. And I, I thought this is crazy. We're taking away rights from our neighbors. They want to make it impossible for someone I know, a family I know, in town to subdivide their 10 acre lot. And so I started going to planning board meetings, started meeting people in town. They encouraged me to run, Um, not necessarily libertarians. A few of them are sort of moderate libertarian, but most of them are not. Um, They were also worried about this. And I thought, you know, I've got the expertise. This is the moment, the time is right. So, I I mean, land use and zoning is, 
I, I think are really under under talked about. People people gloss over it too much and don't realize how much of an impact it has on just everything. Like like not just housing construction, but like every economic factor top to down uh comes back to land use and zoning at some point in one of the big criticisms that new hampshire does have even from those of us who like to look at everything with rose-colored glasses about how much we love this state is its homelessness issue and the lack of affordable housing and we have small towns rural villages that are directly abutting our three major cities that have some of the most restrictive zoning in the state and prohibit building any kind of new development to house the workforce of the state. In like to me, that's a critical thing, and I'm excited to see somebody finally going after it. I know you've been hosting talks mm-hmm. and debates on it the last few years, but finally doing something about it. I can't run for zoning board here in Manchester myself because it's not elected in the cities. Yeah. Um, but like, what kind of proposals do you propose? Like, what are you running on doing to open up this access for people? Yeah. So my platform is, is very modern and reasonable and I've built a kind of broad coalition around it. This is not uh, this is not sort of based EMB. This is <laughs> this is moderate suburban EMB. This is saying, hey, um, there are these there are these people on the planning board who are endorsing these Warren articles, which is what we call them in New Hampshire. When when you get to vote, the whole town gets to vote, right? The planning board can't do this by itself. The whole town gets to vote on a zoning amendment, and uh, and these amendments would would drastically restrict development. And the town is already growing very slowly. Our school population has dropped twelve percent since twenty ten. Uh, we grew by five hundred residents a decade over the whole twenty first century so far. Um, so we're a town that is barely growing. Our, our, our school population is falling. Um, these old tropes that, oh, if you, if you build housing, it's going to drive up taxes because you're letting in school kids. These, these things are based in um, what was happening in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Long since have, has, has this changed. And, uh, and we're seeing that New Hampshire now has the second lowest fertility rate in the country makes sense. It's hard for couples to settle down and have a family if, if they can't find good housing, if they can't buy their own home. And so what I'm proposing is let's do a little bit of sort of win-win development in town. We are going to uh, make our what's called planned residential development ordinance work or PRD, which is a bureaucratic term for something that's actually a kind of Kind of flexible and cool, which is saying that hey, we've we've got minimum lot sizes ranging from two to five acres. So it is illegal to build a house on less than two acres anywhere in town, and in some districts on anything less than five acres. Of course, those towns are not going to those houses on that kind of land are not going to be in any way affordable. Well, what about we allow you as a developer to build on an acre or an acre and a half? And in exchange, you put away some of that back land into a conservation easement. All right. So this is not it's not some radical libertarian, you know, open up the floodgates solution. <laughs> this is just adding a little more flexibility that mollifies the people in town who want to preserve rural character. But at the same time, um, you are allowing, um, you know, a, a greater variety of, of housing than we currently have. Um, so that's one of the things I want to do. I also want to grow our commercial and industrial tax base. I want to use performance zoning 
and maybe some incentives for uh, for building in uh, in sewer. So maybe we can get private financing for wastewater treatment in our commercial and industrial areas. If we then say to them, hey, we're going to relax all these dimensional regulations, things like minimum lot sizes. We're going to say, if you provide some financing for sewer, we're going to take those regulations away and you can do whatever you want. Um, so long as you mitigate groundwater pollution and, and air pollution and traffic and thing, and noise and things like that. So long as you don't make this a problem for the rest of town, you can do what you want in this district, just bring in that sewer. And that'll, that'll raise our tax base, right? Raise that assessed value. And in New Hampshire, that's, that's what drives your local tax rate. Um, you know, if you're spending a certain amount, growing that tax base means you can tax at a lower rate to raise that money. Um, so that's going to help everyone who owns residential property in town. So these are just very sensible, pragmatic solutions well, and, to building, ourselves to death. Yeah, wouldn't building more property increase the number of taxpayers as well to ease that burden on the individuals? Like, I never get the argument, you can't build more housing, you're bringing more students in to raise the cost. Well, we're also bringing in the students' families to buy the new housing. Like, they're going right. to be paying the taxes on that, and it'll be at a more expensive rate than the undeveloped land that's in current use right now. Um, so that argument <laughs> never made sense. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Residential development is often also a net positive for the taxpayer because yeah, current use, you're getting no taxes out of that um, virtually. And so what you can do then these people are, are paying taxes. You know, if you have them, you know, with a with something like a PRD, those homes are closer to the road. You're not building out new utilities, new roads. You don't have to maintain them. Um, it, it's, it's actually a win for the taxpayer, but getting people to understand that is, is that next step. Some of them get it. Others are still stuck in the mentality of the past. No, I just, I, I want a rural quaint town and I think I can keep things from changing if I just keep anyone from developing. And, and that's a, that's a big fallacy. Do you think that if you have success here in, uh, I don't remember which town you said you're in it'll be a good blueprint for other towns to adopt across New Hampshire that that's likely to happen. Yeah. I think this is a really important fight because in Amherst there's been a turn and it's been widely reported on and, and Amherst is getting a reputation for being a NIMBY anti-business town. And it's, you know, it's, it's where the, it's where the, the fight has been, so to speak. And, you know, there were people in town spreading, rumors about how the previous planning board was corrupt and they threw them out and, and made turn to an elected planning board and and tightened up the regulations. Um, and so there was a, a real sort of bad precedent of kind of fear mongering about, you know, modest developments. And uh, and so it would be a real story if, if we can turn this around in Amherst, we can do it anywhere. We can do it in, in Portsmouth and Hanover and in the wealthy places around the state that have tried to close the gates to everyone else, um, you know, we can we can open them up a little a little crack. It's yeah. funny for me to hear Amherst being business unfriendly because, to be perfectly honest, the only thing I know of Amherst is that it has the best barbecue place in the state of New Hampshire. That <laughs> <laughs> smokehouse. No, well, well, all three of us here we live in Manchester. It's a very very different thing in cities than these small rural towns. Um, 
much of the zoning issues we have in the cities have just made development in the city impossible over time where it wasn't in the past and it's just gotten piled on, piled on, piled on to the point where you can't do anything anymore at all. In my neighborhood, there's a decrepit building across the street from me that's been vacant for four years with a for sale sign um, because it's mm -hmm. unoccupiable. Nobody could live in there. It would cost a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah. to renovate the building it would be cheaper to knock it down and just build a new building there but the lot size isn't big enough to build a building on and yeah. it wouldn't meet the off-street parking requirements in the current zoning laws so it's just sitting there vacant and unused because and uninhabitable mm -hmm. uh, because of the zoning laws is there anything like that like holding back the small towns has it gotten that bad yet in amherst or is this a uniquely city problem yeah, I mean, it's 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 complicated because you look at Manchester and Nashua and actually in a lot of respects, their zoning is a little more permissive than your Bedford, your Nashua, your Hollis, places like that, your, your Amherst and, and Hollis. Um, you know, your, your lot sizes are a little bit smaller in those residential districts. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's actually a rural part of Manchester in the northwest that people don't know about <laughs> and we're out where the Manchester Cedar Swamp is. Um, and, Cedar Swamp you know, Reserves. Swamp, yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> but it's, There's uh, a whole it's, abandoned neighborhood there, too. It was not neighborhood. They were going to build like a, a college campus or something. Yeah, it's like you, so you can go out there and yeah, I'm, there's there's people hanging out sometimes that are usually fun people. <laughs> that's, that's cool. um, it sounds rural. <laughs> The, the problem with with um, with the cities is that if you don't constantly change your ordinance, you end up building out what you've already permitted and then nothing is left there for you to to build on. And so, you know, I'm going to actually give um, this this may be an unpopular opinion. But I'm going to give Mayor Joyce Craig a little bit of credit here. <laughs> this is not an endorsement for the <laughs> next it. campaign or anything. But I am going to say that on housing, I think she gets it. And, and there's going to be a new draft zoning ordinance for Manchester. And I think it might even drastically scale back parking minimums or even get rid of them altogether, which would be fantastic. Parking minimums are the most idiotic idea, in a, in a, especially in an urban zoning ordinance where you, you're, you're taking away revenue from yourself because you can charge people for on-street par parking. You're creating ugly uh, surface parking lots that bring in no tax revenue. You're subsidizing the automobile. I thought, you know, we cared about the environment and things like that. Um, and, you know, it's just, just a lose, lose, lose. Disincentivizing business all around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely what you're doing. Um, so, you know, I'll say that Manchester, Nashua and Concord too, they have a new zoning ordinance. It's a little bit, um, a little bit better than what they had before. They're actually moving in the right direction. We'll, we'll let, let we'll set Portsmouth aside. I think, <laughs> uh, you know, may, maybe they'll come around someday. Um, you know, and, and of course, a, a commenter said up in Pittsburgh, there's virtually no zoning. In fact, there is no zoning. There's no subdivision regulation. There's um, Pittsburgh. It's also only like two, two roads. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. 850 <laughs> people live there. The uh, It's one of two towns in New Hampshire where there's, uh, there's no planning board. So really, you can just do what you want on your land. Um, so if, if you want that, there are places that offer you that. Um, That's awesome. You know, work, work remotely. 
Yeah, and as he says, you know, people act responsibly when it's in their best interest to do so. I mean, we all know the tragedy of the commons, and I mean, that that's always the argument that comes back to with zoning laws is the tragedy of the commons. It's like, if, yeah. if we don't manage it, people will ruin it. It's like, well, if they have an interest in maintaining it, maintaining the profitability of it, they won't ruin it. Yeah, well, that that's that's right. And, and so you got to align the incentives. You know, I'm, uh, I, I'm you know, not everyone's idea of the, the the most based free stater i'm a, I'm a minarchist you know i think Dude, i think there's a created... role for regulating <laughs> externalities i mean actually i'm the, the no that... zoning laws at all guy jason's the reasonable guy <laughs> <laughs> listen the we purest... gotta do we gotta yeah, give jason I mean, credit though jason so... dreamed this whole thing up you know it's like you might not be the most base free stater but none of us would be free staters if there wasn't a jason so Ooh, there you go and that's that, precisely and that, the problem that people have have with me in town some of the now who, well fair but now well actually so i have a question for you kind of along the lines of that right you you dreamed this up what was it 20 years ago 22 years ago 22 how years ago how old are you jason i'm 46 now so i was i was 24 then so it's been 22 years it's basically like a lifetime before and a lifetime after you've had yeah it. And like the free state project has evolved, it's its own thing. You can't control it. People are attracted. Yeah. It's not without its controversial characters. How do yeah. you feel about the people that have been brought to New Hampshire? Like, like, how do you feel about the, the trajectory of it? Because like, yeah. I imagine there's a whole contentious thing where you're like, well, listen, you know, like I just want libertarians to have a place, and you're like, yeah, but that guy is here, or yeah. something like that. This is this is the thing. This is this is what I said at, in my Porcupine Day remarks. Like I'm I'm fine to be criticized. If that's you know, if, if you don't like what I'm doing with zoning, you know, criticize me in a respectful way, and, and you know, and I, I I can do the same. Like there's some people I, who say things I disagree with, and I'll and I'll say that in a respectful, you know, you know, kind, gentle way. That's my personality, and uh, um, and that's fine. You know, th- this is an extremely diverse movement, and that's what I want people to realize. Um, we're all working for liberty in our own ways. And, and, and I am proud of the accomplishments that free stairs have made. And I've, and I've said that on my campaign page, you know, if it weren't for free staters, we would not have reformed civil asset forfeiture in New Hampshire, most likely, right? There was a free stater who wrote that bill. Um, you know, previously police could seize your property and you had to prove your innocence to get it back. And, and we've changed that. Uh, we legalized nanobreweries. And there's a cool new one in Milford. Check it out. Uh, so, you know, there's one private one. Yeah. Yeah. Beer yes, scene in New Hampshire is underrated, by the way. What's that? Beer scene in New Hampshire is underrated, by the way. If you like beer, New Hampshire is a great place to be. Just throwing it out there. We haven't talked about that ever on this show, but it's so true. Um, there, yeah, there, yeah, the and that's thanks to Free Staters. Mm-hmm. Well, the, here's a good question for you then jason from mark warden everyone's favorite realtor here in manchester is it true that all zoning is local and the only state rules are regarding septic and wetlands um that is almost true the the state also issues um terrain modification permits so if you need to do that as part of a development you get a state permit and the state also forbids localities from doing certain things with zoning so every town has to allow what are called accessory dwelling units or like in-law apartments. And that's good um, too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a, that's a state state requirement. Um, if if it's in a single-family zone, you have to allow it. And so that's something few other states have done, and it's it's really a kind of a cool way to get um, a lot of new rental stock without 
angering the neighbors because these things look like single family developments. Um, also, there's some there's some complicated rules about workforce housing. Um, you know, towns have to allow reasonable and realistic opportunities for what's called workforce housing. Um, there's there's a whole genre of, of legal theorizing about what that actually means. <laughs> I'm not sure it's terribly effective, but um, but that's that's out there. So there's there's some things that localities simply cannot do, and that the courts will strike down. Um, so regulatory takings um, are an issue, and, and and courts will say if you're just taking away most of the value of your neighbor's property through a regulation, uh, you may have to compensate them. So we do have Liberty Forum coming up. You spoke at Porcupine Day uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, you're one of our uh, key speakers for Liberty Forum this year as well. Um, and it's been a while since I've seen you at a Liberty Forum, so I'm excited for that. Um, is there anything special you plan to bring up there, kind of mostly what we've talked about tonight, or like what are you honing in on? Uh, for, for Liberty Forum, why should people come? Don't give it all away. Let's just give people a tease and get them excited. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 about this stuff, and I'm I'm looking up the the title I sent in because I thought I I was kind of pleased eventually with the title that I came up with. Here it is: Zoned Out: How Restoring Property Rights Will Give Us Abundant Housing and Defeat Socialism. That, that's I read that. I, I was I was that that's what drove me to do some actual research into zoning stuff beyond what I really don't know, which is I don't know anything about zoning stuff. Uh, but that title, reading that at Liberty Forum coming up, uh, I was like, all right, this actually sounds interesting. I'm curious to hear how you're going to defeat socialism with zoning laws. Yeah, so it's very, very good, very good topic there. It's interesting. I, I'm going to uh, maybe I should give a slight teaser for this. But, you know, the, the idea is that there can be lots of beneficial knock on effects from um, getting our zoning laws to be more reasonable. And, yeah, some places not getting rid of them entirely uh, in some of the more rural areas. Um, that's going to that's going to really um not only is it going to make housing more abundant and affordable, but it's going to have good political effects for liberty in the long term. And so that's all I'll say right now. You have to come to Liberty Forum to understand why that is. And I'm going to, you know me, my, my Liberty Forum talks, it's always data and graphs and things. It's because yep. substantive is meaty. So you're going to be able to sink your teeth into this. <laughs> well, you guys, can, you can all go get your Liberty Forum tickets today at nhlibertyforum.com. And you can use the code YIMBY to get a discount. Uh, if you go get that ticket, so yes, in my backyard, <laughs> yeah, uh, come see Jason and all the other speakers at Liberty Forum. Um, couple next two weeks from now, right, Bill? Uh, less. Well, less. yeah. So two weeks from yesterday will be the last day of Liberty Forum. So yeah, so it's coming up real quick. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, nhlibertyforum.com and use that code YIMBY to go get yourself a discount. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but no, no. So what's it been like running for office for the first time? What's like other, like, like, has it met your expectations as a political science professor, as a free stater, mm -hmm. as the leader of a political founder of a political movement? Um, like what's been the experience mm -hmm. like as a first time candidate so far for you? Yeah. Great, great question. I'm still kind of working through that in my own mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I never wanted to run unless I was all in you know, to win. And I didn't want to be a paper candidate. Um, and in this case, I think uh, it, it, what what worked is that there was a broad coalition of people who urged me to run. I was actually urging other people to run in this coalition. 
And one by one, there were reasons they couldn't do it. And so finally it was on me. And I was like, well, the one thing I will say, the one advantage to me is I'm used to the heat. I know they're going to they're going to come at me, the extremists, they're going to come at me. They're going to, you know, say all sorts of crazy lies. And, and they have. Um, and I'm used to it. <laughs> I've been dealing with this for, for decades. And so I'm not going to be intimidated by that. I'm not going to back down. I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, but I've been working hard and I'm, you know, I'm sinking a good bit of my own money into this for signs, mailers, I'm knocking on doors and talking to voters. I'm, I'm getting their support. There's a lot of support for me out there. Um, it's been very gratifying to, to talk to voters, listen to their concerns, talk about what I'm interested in. Sometimes they have misconceptions about zoning. I mean, zoning is extremely complex, um, but I've actually been pretty, um, enthused by the the attention to detail that some of these voters have you know new hampshire voters they're informed you know and i, I run into these these guys oh i served on the zoning board for 10 years you know what do you think about you know aquifer protection ordinances <laughs> you know? well, and, and it's great because we see a lot of people who move for the free state project or are just kind of spring up with the liberty movement here who want to get involved and they get excited about running for office and taking that step and for most people when you ask them what are, what are you going to run for state rep it's always state rep state rep state yeah. rep that's the first thing to come to everybody's mind and I, I don't think we have enough people who get involved locally at the level you're talking about and that's where like most of the real decisions that impact people's daily lives are made is at that local level. And it's really important. And Mark even asks, is, is it true that it's a nonpartisan race and you're independent? So you don't even have party baggage running in these local races. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Um, local races are nonpartisan. And so um, you don't have a primary and you don't have to label yourself ideologically, which is really good for me as someone who, <laughs> really has trouble putting myself into one of the political parties. Um, you know, just being able to, to be myself and being independent there uh, worked really well. Um, th these boards don't have many members on them. So if you think about running for state rep, you're one out of 400 if you win. And some, you know, when it's as closely divided as it is right now, <laughs> that can be decisive. Watch. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the normal situation. And, you know, when you're talking about a board of five or seven, you know, your voice means a lot, especially if you're going to be a constructive participant. You know, if I get on there, I'm going to be the hardest working member on that board. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to review the applications. I'm going to come in with questions. Um, I'm, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to follow the law. You know, one of the problems in our town is that the planning board has made a couple of mistakes. It's cost us $60,000 in legal fees. We've lost two state Supreme Court decisions in the last year. And our state Supreme Court makes like 40 decisions of a year. <laughs> and two of them are the Amherst Planning Board did something illegal. <laughs> and then the Amherst taxpayers have to pay for that. That's exactly right. And yeah, so that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm taking on, on the doorstep, you know, and, and telling them, number one, let's be fair, objective and consistent in our interpretation of the law. And I do think that is a a liberty issue, actually, because if the law is arbitrary or inconsistent, that's interfering with people's plans. They cannot plan for the future. They cannot figure out how to get within the law because they could always end up being wrong. So you, you've got to be consistent and, and maintain a particular understanding of the law. And of course, there's some laws that are unjust and we should change. But all else equal, 
maintain a, a consistent understanding of that law. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how you do and how things shape up for you. Um, to me, it's super exciting to see somebody finally running for local office and uh, zoning laws have been one of my biggest pet peeves and arguments with people for the last six years that I've been here. Um, to the point, I, when I lived in Nashua, uh, myself and AJ Olding made a habit of going to the Nashua Young Democrats meetings just to argue with them because all they would talk about was the homelessness crisis. And mm -hmm. it got to a point we realized there might be a chance when one of the Nashua Young Democrats said, why don't we just abolish zoning laws? And then immediately realized what he said and backtracked it. <laughs> um, but like, they really are a big issue. Um, but I do want to remind everyone, everyone who's watching and everyone who will watch, that the Free State Project is a 501c3 charitable nonprofit organization. Everything we discuss here is just for educational purposes. We do not endorse or support candidates or causes specifically. The views of the individual hosts and our guests may lean towards that direction, but it does not represent the views of the organization officially. However, there are people asking in the comments, Jason, so where can they learn more about your campaign and more about what you're doing and maybe how to help? Yeah, so it's my website is sorens4.us. That's sorens, the number four, dot us. And um, yeah, it's 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 definitely the most detailed planning board campaign website you've ever seen. So I've, I've got a <laughs> positive vision for our town, and I'm putting it out there for the voters. So it's a it's a real test. If they if they like it, I'll I'll be in. If not, that's fine too. I'll still be engaged. Awesome. Well, again, it's going to be super fun. Good luck with it. And I'm looking forward to the great and amazing positive changes you can bring to Amherst. And hopefully we can start bringing to everywhere else in the state suffering the same issues. Um, and thanks, thanks for coming on and telling us about them. And thank you, everyone else, for tuning in and joining us tonight. And just remember, if you want to learn more about the Free State Project, you can always go to FSP.org, learn more about the organization and the mission. If you're not here yet and you're kind of on the edge, best thing to do is to make a visit so go to visit nh plan your visit get in touch with chris and rebecca and they'll help you get here to meet your future neighbors meet your future friends and get integrated into the community that'll make you never want to leave again and like i said we do have liberty form right around the corner so gonna well, not that one that'll help you move um <laughs> but new hampshire libertyforum.com using that code yimby yes in my backyard uh to kind of hear jason's presentation about how reforming zoning laws can save us from socialism also, don't forget, if you're here in New Hampshire, we got the Republican Party versus Libertarian Party hockey game coming up this weekend, which should yes, be a fun yes. time if you're, yep. you know, if you're around Super in Manchester. Time. I don't know what the link is for that, but if you look up LPNH versus NHGOP, you'll find that. Just yeah. Google it. Oh, yeah. I'll be there this Saturday. I'll also be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And um, Kevin? um jason we'll have to have you back on again i have a ton of questions about like your ideas with this whole thing i you know like i said before the show even started just uh fascinated with the entire concept behind it and developing the thesis and the whole letter so we'll have to try to get you back in it at some point uh hop in the discord because that's you'll be you'll find me in there so all right <laughs> that's hey, well, thanks so much everyone for tuning in thanks for joining us tonight and again thank you so much for coming on jason uh, until next time, everybody, though, be free. Yeah. 
I don't believe in destiny. I just do what's best for me. Don't listen to my enemies. They're just full of jealousy. Yeah, this legacy. You gon' see what's left of me. You gon' see success in me. You ain't seen the rest of me. I just wanna be the best at what I know. Better than the rest, just watch me grow. Put me to the test and watch me go. This is my quest, I'ma make it known. They call me obsessive, oh I know. Call me selective with my notes. Call me aggressive with my flow. Call me offensive, even though. Joey ain't gonna lie.